Welcome back to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360. He is Steve, Xbox Live Stevevich. And the next Console Wars gets a little closer in episode 118 today, April 18th, 2019. We are going to be catching up with each other before going into a little bit of movie news that includes some Star Wars announcements and Jason Momoa, your personal favorite, Steve. Mm. Our topic of the day is PS5 details, which you can fast forward to if you look at the timestamps located in this episode's detailed section of iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, etc. Otherwise, just keep listening. Salutations, my sibling. Mm-hmm. How you doing, Russ? I'm doing good. I'm a little, a uh, little burpy, a little gassy over here. That's gross. That's, that's weird. That's gross. My stomach was feeling a little odd, and I'm wondering if it just uh, it needs to get rid of some gaseous <laughs> material. Gaseous fumius. Yes. <laughs> I actually was on my porcelain throne earlier. I thought I had about that. Right? That's great. Well, you know, you know I'm not going into much right detail there. You know? And there's our point to this, which is that I had done the deed of the bowel movement. And I thought I was in the clear, but apparently I was not. <laughs> you thought you were in the clear and clean. <laughs> no. <laughs> to both of them. Yeah, no. Mm. How you doing? Yeah, you know, I'm okay, Russ. You know, just, uh... Can you believe that April is almost over? I was about to say, I'm doing my best to slow time down. And how do you do that? Exactly. You uh, you act like Spider-Man trying to save the subway. Uh-huh. You stand in front of it. You throw your feet up on the tracks, dig your heels in, start slinging webs all over the place and hoping something catches and sticks. See, you should take the approach of Doctor Strange because I believe Doctor Strange could actually go back in time. Well, maybe. Or he could just throw a portal that the subway could go through. And then the portal could be on the other side, and so the subway can be in this in this loop. Oh, you know what yes. I'm uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> That's when you don't age, Russ. Uh-huh. <laughs> time just repeats. That. Eventually, time would have to go on, but at least you can slow it down a little bit, right there. You do know that Avengers Endgame is next week. It is next week, next Thursday. You and I. I'm going to be sitting in a theater. Actually, uh, about this time. Late night. It's literally going to be around this time next week when the lights go dim. The geek celebratory audibles will just be reaching the, the rafters. And we will find out precisely what part two has in store for us. We'll find out if they just throw Captain Marvel at us and be like, yeah, okay, she saved the day, isn't it? Are you happy? Isn't that nice? Or will they treat us as something else? What's interesting is this week, there was there must have been some sort of memo that went through kind of the, um, the brass, if you will, of uh, Marvel and Disney and stuff, because on my Instagram, I had all of these people, whether it was like the, the cast or it was Disney itself or the, the special effects houses, they all posted the same post, which was this letter that the Russo brothers apparently had typed up 
thanking the fans for going and being supportive of their movies and stuff, but also just pleading that whoever sees it does not spoil it for the people who have not seen it yet. Well, yeah. I mean, that's to be expected. I mean, a lot of folks that are talking now are saying, dude, if you see it before me, don't say anything. <laughs> yeah. I just find it fun how like the studio has, has gone also to a little extra length there to try and, and stave off that sort of thing. So it works well in their favor for that, but also just drumming up even more hype because it's mm. like, oh, well, what could possibly happen? Indeed. Well, Russ, I got tired of waiting for you to come over and watch Bumblebee, so I just watched it by myself. Ah, well, that's completely understandable because I've been a busy man. I don't know if you're missing much. I'd be interested to see what you think of the movie, but if Hallmark were to make a Transformers movie. Hallmark? Yes. This would probably be it. Really? Yeah. I have heard that the G1 approach to the Transformer designs was good. It is good. The first five minutes of the movie will blow your head off. Yeah. It's amazing. It is awesome. I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. And then Hallmark came along and slowed everything down. <laughs> Let's see how <laughs> sentimental we can make this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I will say it is better than the last, like, two or three movies. For sure. Mm. Which is not, well, it's saying something. I don't know how much it's saying, <laughs> but it is saying something. Yeah. So they do need to make it more serious uh, than it is. Right now, I, I don't know. It's kind of like this girl with a lost puppy kind of thing. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's scripted very weird. It's not terrible. I does it not... play as a prequel to the yes. Michael Bay films? Yes, it okay. does. It, it's it's scripted very odd. Um, all the John Cena parts are real random. Mm. I, I'm not sure if they used him for comedy <laughs> or they're actually trying to be serious. That's how kind of off the script was. Where I, I thought, oh, am I supposed to laugh at this? Or is it supposed to be funny? Or are they, are they trying to be serious? And they're sending a message that, I don't, know, I don't know. It does seem like they're going through a bit of an identity crisis with the, the human uh, actors of these films. Like, yeah. they, they were really on the money for like the first three films. And then after that, it was kind of like, what are you guys doing? Seems to be quite a bit of that going on. Although I did enjoy seeing Kelsey Grammer. I thought he worked out pretty well. Kelsey Grammer. Mm-hmm. Which one was he in? He was in Age of Extinction, I think it was called. Okay. Yeah, it was part of the government. I would figure that, Russ. Uh, I don't think he's going to be an Autobot. <laughs> played a hippie. <laughs> Anyway, so that's what I watched. And I've been back on my 24, oh, which is which is good. There, but there is no more Samwise Gamgee, Russ. There I is know. no more. I know. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah, you know where I'm at in the season. Right there. <laughs> I do indeed. So I still have the Blu-ray that I rented from Netflix for Infinity War. Mm -hmm. Russ, so you're going to have to come over and watch it sometime between... Wait, which one? Infinity War? I have Infinity War. Uh, Steve, I told you, I have Infinity War yeah, here I as know, well. You know what? I told you <laughs> to 
that, <laughs> you can play it louder at my place. Yeah. <sighs> The only thing else, Steve, well, I mean, it doesn't really matter to me, but... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to say, uh, Leslie wants to see the movie, too, before we go see <laughs> the sequel. So oh. There is that. But you know what? I, you know, it's one of those movies I can watch over and over and over again. So, it doesn't matter to me. Um, are you coming over to watch it or are you not coming over to watch it? Yeah, we'll see how it goes, Steve. Yeah, it's going to be a no. I was going to watch it by myself. I'll send it back. <laughs> yeah, I know how that is. Anyway... Uh, so we, what else did I do? Uh, let's see. I, did I tell you last time I beat Resident Evil? Did yes. I tell you everyone you did? Show? Okay. You did indeed. Wow. You beat it with Claire. Time is happening so fast. I feel like I haven't said anything. Claire. <laughs> Claire. <laughs> yeah, you do it better than me. So let's see. What else? Uh, oh, so I loaded up. This is what happened. I finally started to play uh, Assassin's Potty Mouth. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, like the very, 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 very first part of it. Mm-hmm. And then you and Big Baby Moose invited me to play the anthem. And so I'm <laughs> literally, I like took five steps uh-huh. and then everyone started, you know, you guys were saying you got to join us. Like, so, oh, my sandals are pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, this sounds like uh, Gerald Butler for a minute. Oh, wait. No, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Just go eat some dates or something. Yeah. Anyway, some figs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's see. I think that's about it, though. Uh, of course, we twitched a little bit of Sea of Thieves. Yeah. Which was a little bit slow going. It was slow going, but you know what? It was a nice return to the game because we haven't played that in a while, and it was fun just to kind of romp around on the high seas with you. It was. Not too much action, though. No, not too much action. I was reminded of just how that game tries to be sneaky and suck away so much time as, you know, exemplified by the fact I plopped down a a particular journey and uh, it was in the devil's roar and it proceeded to fill up every single uh, little circle in the mission queue. And there probably may have been other ones that just didn't fit in there that would have spawned as we continued to, to clear it out. But hey, you just can't do that on a school night, Steve. No. no. You know John Wick 3 is coming out too, Russ. That's in May, I believe. Is it in May? I'm pretty sure. Yep. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's coming yeah, out. Yeah, it's in May. I think it's like three weeks from uh, from today. I think it's coming out. Mm. Yeah, I was thinking like like May seventh or the ninth or something like that, somewhere around there. Mm. I don't know for sure, so don't quote me on that. <laughs> well, we know Siri won't find out for us. So, no, uh, no, no. Anyhow, well, that's about it for me, Russ. Ah, well, what have you been up to? Well, I haven't watched any movies this week. I've actually been. Busy with just uh, adulting, oh, you know, oh, oh, a lot of oh. stuff going on. I gotta be able to handle all that stuff, but um, did manage to, to play some uh, some more Dead or Alive Six. I'm really enjoying that game. It's just a whole lot of fun. I'm, I'm getting used to more of it. Mm-hmm. I, I ended up putting Sekiro down for a bit, Steve. I know, Russ. I how do you know? You what told you- me last episode. Well, that was last episode. I know. But I've been trolling you, and I know you haven't uh, played it. You mean stalking me, Steve? Both. <laughs> I've been I've been stalking you dressed as a troll. Uh, oh, <laughs> so 
So I yeah, I decided to put it down just because I'm at an impasse and I'm getting frustrated with it. Oh. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm just gonna give it a rest. Oh, speaking of impasse, so yeah, I've been playing Halo Wars two and I'm at the beach part. I'm like, oh, I can do this. And then no, I've tried it like eight or nine times. I thought, okay, I'm done with it for mm. now. I'm gonna put this one down. I knew there was something else I was forgetting. Anyway, go ahead, Russ. Well, as I was saying, I uh, put that little puppy down. I'll be picking it up later. But uh, yeah, you, uh, it's really nice to be able to have just a huge swath of games to be able to just kind of ping pong back and forth with. Uh, as you mentioned, we played some Sea of Thieves on Twitch. It was nice to watch you tonight actually resume some Resident Evil 2 uh, playing as Leon here at Mikasa. And that's always a welcome addition you need to come back uh, a bit more on a regular basis so we can get through that, as well as DMC5. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> That's going to be a labor of love for you, Steve. <laughs> for old time's sake. But yeah, really, I haven't done a whole lot of other types of stuff. I, I, like I said, I've been uh, super busy with, with other things. I've really been working on the set, the Joygasm set. So that has taken up quite a bit of my time, um, sanding blocks. You know, I'm working on that seven foot by seven foot skyline diffuser that's going to go um, on the wall. And so I have to uh, cut and sand each one of those blocks. I think there's a total of like, I, don't know, I forgot what the exact number is, but I think it's like around 800. Um, but I will get there, Steve. 800? Yeah. 800 what? Blocks. There's not going to be 800 blocks. There's there's going to be quite a few, Steve. <laughs> can't I fit 800 blocks in this room. They're all four by four, Steve. And I, you know, it maybe not 800. Maybe there maybe it's more like 500. <laughs> more, it's like 50. No, it's way more <laughs> than 50. I can promise you that. No, there there are different um, blocks of different depths. Some are six inches, some are uh, three inches, uh, some are two inches. Um, I think I may have one that's like three and a half inches. I'm not exactly sure, but um, yeah, it's a labor of love. And when there's one person doing it, let me tell you, Steve, it takes some time. Hmm. I ended up wearing a, one of those like dentist masks because the sawdust was starting to creep into my lungs. That's no fun. That's no fun, Steve. No bueno. No bueno. Anyway, I'm trying to think if there's anything else going on with me, and I just can't really think of a thing, Steve. I'm mm. just uh, I'm looking forward, like I said, to seeing uh, Avengers next week with you. I think that this particular episode will uh, will be a bit shorter than last. I think the, the last episode was over two hours long. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. Of course, whenever you say that, then uh, the episode's about an hour and a half. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. Segue into some movie news. What do you say, eh, Steve? Sounds good, Russ. Yeah, I like the sound of that. Well, there are two things in particular that I thought worth talking about. The first was that Star Wars Celebration came and went in the blink of an eye, it seemed like. And with that came with additional announcements. The first one is that George Lucas helped finish The Rise of Skywalker, which I thought was interesting. Apparently, J.J. Abrams was trying to figure out how to have, like, the ultimate conclusion to all eight of the previous films. <laughs> and uh, he decided to 
go to old George. Uh, more like it was, uh, hey, how do I fix this? Uh, I started the first one and then gave free reign on the second one. And now it's, we're in a, we're, we're in a rut right now. George, help us out. What are we doing? <laughs> well, apparently he gave some sage advice as to how to finish up the whole thing. We're just going to have to see how it, uh... How it ends up at the end of this year. I can't do a George Lucas. I was, I was seeing George Lucas in my mind. I was thinking, how am I going to do an impression? I can't do an impression of George Lucas. What's interesting, too, by the way, is that he had also visited the set of Game of Thrones and helped direct the final season premiere of that show, which surprised everybody because... Nobody expected him to show up. And I think even the director of the TV show had gotten wind of it, but he thought it was like a joke. He didn't think it was actually going to happen. And then all of a sudden, one day, he shows up. That's got to be cool, but it's got to be kind of odd at the same time because you think, am I that bad at my job or do I need that much help where you're, you're hiring the big guns <laughs> to do this and, and not even no one's telling me, you know? Well, the director was actually really ecstatic that he showed up. I mean, he has tons of respect for George Lucas. Oh, and, yeah, but... And he, I mean... The, at least from what I saw, he <laughs> d- he didn't have any kind of like, well, what are you doing here kind well, of stuff. Yeah, but that's kind of the, the thing. Oh, so George, hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> What's up? You, you have any tauntauns? <laughs> <laughs> so another thing too about this is that uh, Disney Plus. Now you know you have heard of Disney Plus. Yeah, Russ. <clears throat> It is going to launch with a new TV show called Star Wars The Mandalorian. And um, I was you know, I was thinking about the Disney Plus thing. You know, Disney now owns, I would say, roughly 70% of all intellectual properties. I mean, they have Lucasfilm, they have Pixar, Marvel, they just acquired Fox. I mean, they're, they're, I'm having a harder and harder time. ABC. ABC. I'm having a harder time, like, trying to think of, like, what IPs still exist outside of the Disney umbrella. Disney even owns ESPN. That's right. Slowly but surely, they're just taking over. Oh, hey, huh? I think I'll buy that, too. (laughs) (laughs) Come to the park. Another announcement was that Star Wars Jedi Fallen release date is going to be November 15th and will be a single-player campaign only, no multiplayer. And, of course, this is the title that... Remember Respawn was kind of hinting at at the last E3? Yeah, where the guy got kind of blindsided. Blindsided, yeah. Well, apparently, they had a trailer that came out. Uh, I watched it. Did you see the trailer? I did. That guy's running around. It's got a younger kid. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you think? I thought it was interesting. I I thought the music started to sound like Avengers music there for a minute. I thought, (laughs) ah! What are you doing? And then they kind of change course. Yeah, I thought it's. I'm honestly, the trailer didn't really excite me. Just watching, I'm kind of like, eh, it's kind of forgettable to me. I'm holding out for actual gameplay footage because Respawn is a very talented studio. I mean, they made Titanfall. They've also made the Apex Legends that came out. It's, it's a big hit right now. So. I really want to see how they treat a Star Wars-oriented IP. Finally, Obsidian, which was the studio that was responsible for Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2. Well, apparently, they had big plans for Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 3. 
And VG247 sat down and spoke to the lead writer and designer for Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2 and asked him if Obsidian had ever started work on a story for Knights of the Old Republic 3, in which case he replied, yes, they had been working on it, but unfortunately it never got made due to internal politics. That ah. old chestnut. <laughs> due to a bitter quarrel on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so this next story, I'm going to turn the music down here for a mm, Setting uh, the mood. I'm, I'm setting a different kind of mood here, Steve. Um, so Jason Momoa. Mm. When you think of Jason Momoa, Steve. I think of Sunday mornings uh, with champagne and orange juice. Oh, my. <laughs> well, <laughs> good for you. <laughs> what what kind of visual do you see when you think of Mama? Uh I think of um he would he would play good in Horizon Zero Dawn if he was ever to be an actor in a video game. Yeah, he would actually be pretty, pretty decent at that, I would say. Uh-huh. What else? Uh, I do, well, gee whiz, Russ. I'm not, I'm not um, saying what you think he's going to be good in. I'm just asking when you think of Jason Momoa, what is like kind of the visual you get? Um, pointy eyebrows, beard, um, <laughs> axe, uh, outside kind of a person. Um, maybe smells of bear. Uh, <laughs> well... <laughs> <laughs> That's actually pretty good. So Jason Momoa shaved his beard. Oh, snap. I thought you might like to check it out, but he did it for a cause to build awareness for it. So let me cue the... For what? Oh, well, you're going to see. Just let me cue it up here. <laughs> I just want to do this to bring awareness plastics are killing our planet and I think I have a solution I don't want to bitch about it there's only one thing that can really help our planet and save our planet as long as we recycle that's aluminum aluminium 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 about 75% of all aluminum that's ever been used is still in circulation today and it's 100% recyclable. So you drink the can, and in about 60 days, it'll be back. 100% infinitely recyclable. I hate going to the airport or being on the airplane and having a water bottle this big when it can be an aluminum one. They have aluminum sodas, and it's fully recyclable. How's that look, Kim? <laughs> please, please, there's a change coming. It's aluminum. You gotta get rid of these plastic water bottles. Aquaman's trying to do the best he can. My kids, for your kids, for the world. Clean up the oceans, clean up the land. Love you guys. Yeah. <laughs> he just took off about 20 years. Didn't he, though? 
And he actually, I mean, he looks good, even clean shaven too. Like apparently he hadn't shaved his beard since 2012. And, uh, I don't know. I, th- I thought it was a, a good excuse to like, just build awareness. Like just have that, that moment of, cause everyone's always seen him with a beard ever since game of Thrones. And so being able to, to just go through that and, and also, preach about something that, that he's very passionate about. I think it plays nicely into the whole Aquaman persona as well, but there you go. What'd you think, Steve? I think he probably should have aimed the microphone away from the wind a little bit. <laughs> I don't think he, he was in control of that. I thought he did a good job though, of like keeping like the more like bearded side of his face, right? At the camera right. you know, while he's talking that way. It doesn't give it away too quickly, but, um, yeah, not too bad. And you know what's weird, too, is that that freeze frame where, where he's laughing, it actually looks like his movie star dad from Aquaman a little bit, doesn't it? A little bit. <laughs> yeah. Steve, what time is it? Um... a buzzkill my brother <laughs> it is ps five o'clock <laughs> it is the topic of the day which is what steve playstation 5 reveal right it is that the, well, yeah, it's cool. not really a reveal it's more just like it's uh, just the details just the details ps5 like details leak, you know what i mean yeah. it's like a drip 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 well apparently the ps5 lead our lead architect mark kearney was interviewed in wired where he dropped some new details regarding the next system. Now, the new system's name is not currently officially PS5. I just want to make sure that, uh, you know, <laughs> you're aware of that, Steve. <laughs> yeah, PS1, PS2, PS3, PS4. This one's going to be like PS <laughs> fire extinguisher. <laughs> <laughs> we, we just want to keep everybody on their toes. PS celery. Now, have you looked into any of this? <laughs> yes, right. Oh, I even good. posted something on Facebook the other day. Oh, well, good, Steve. That's really good. Oh, anyway, um, so the first thing that caught my eye was um, over the course of the little details that Mr. Kearney was spilling, um, apparently the next system is going to have a solid state drive, which I was very happy about. Yeah. I have a solid state drive. I, do you oh, solid, aren't you great? Do you have an SSD uh, in your new computer? No, Russ. Oh. Those are all, you have to upgrade all For that shame. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, I don't need an SSD when I'm just surfing the net, typing oh. up documents. Oh, do you know what? I just need something that works. <laughs> well, anyway, I thought it was particularly interesting that a gaming console mm-hmm. will have a solid state drive. Yeah. And I'm not exactly sure how that can be taken advantage of. Well, faster loading times, Russ. Well, yes and no. 
Like, okay, to give you an idea, when I'm working with my SSD drive on my com- <coughs> excuse me, computer, oh, gross. <laughs> it was like I ran out of air. I'm like, <laughs> 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 uh, anyway, if I have to restart my computer, it actually restarts a lot faster. Right. But that doesn't necessarily translate over to if I'm playing like a, a game, like a PC game, it suddenly makes things load quicker. They actually did a demo of Spider-Man going from like quick, <clears throat> like one point to another point, mm-hmm. like fast travel style. Mm-hmm. And I think from it went from like five seconds to like 0.8 seconds. Really? Yeah, bro. Well, I was not aware. That's good. <laughs> well, there you go. You answered my my question regarding that of, of how they could take advantage of it. And I mean, if it does, if it yeah, if it cuts down on the load times, that's a very very good thing. Especially considering as they move forward with these new types of hardware architectures, it they just keep demanding more and more right. assets. So. Now another thing that caught my eye is ray tracing. Yeah. <laughs> Ray tracing, to me, um, typically has to do with if I'm rendering out something yes. in a 3D application like Maya or 3D Studio Max. Or oh something. yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah. In the day, Steve, if you want to have more accurate reflections and shadows, right, you would use a ray tracing engine. Mm. It was very intense Ooh. with its computational mathematics. Yeah. And it oftentimes would result in like a frame taking like a day and a half to render out. Like it just took forever to get those little animations to, to finish up. So I am very much uh, excited that they are going to apparently have real time ray tracing in their games. And this isn't something that is, is completely unheard of. I know that in the PC gaming world, there's actually already ray tracing. Right available with certain graphics cards. Of course, you have to pay kind of a pretty penny in order to get that, but that feature, it it does exist in today's world, Steve. I'm aware, bro. I cannot believe it, though. I'm very just... It it is such a good time. I've said this time and time again, and I will continue to say it. It is a great time to be a gamer, Steve. It It is a fantastic time. It is amazing to me how things that were just on the cutting edge and just, you know, thinking to myself, how on earth could they ever have this work in real time? People have figured it out. And it's just, it's going to mean even better gaming experiences. That's true, Russ. You got to say, I, I think I saw a demo. It had to be this Spider-Man. Or I don't, maybe it was not Spider-Man, but anyway, there was, uh, something was on fire and they showed the scene with and without ray tracing mm. and without it, was, you saw some sort of glow, whatever, whatnot, you know, from the fire with the ray tracing though, you saw all the reflections from metals and water in addition to the glowing, like in the street or walls or, or whatever, whatnot. So yeah. 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 Well, that was one of the things that I did a lot of, especially when it came to water was when I was rendering out water, oh, uh, wow. ray tracing definitely made it more realistic looking ethos. Now, the next little item that they talked about is that there will be PS4 backwards compatibility. Ah, backwards compatibility. Yeah, it's coming back. Because <laughs> before, they didn't have backwards. I mean, it was it was backwards compatible with PS1 and PS2, but when it came to PS3, Russ, I don't think there was backwards compatibility. I'm not mistaken. Now, the, with, with this whole backwards compatibility thing, though... Could be wrong. I don't know. The article was talking about how 
it will probably only be backwards compatible with the PS4, but mm. not with the titles for PS1, 2, and 3. Right. Well, now, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's just PS4 titles. Yeah. That's next gen stuff. But that means that this system will not be download only, which is a topic that you and I have talked mm-hmm. about a couple of times here on the right. show. How do you feel about that? I feel great about it, Russ. I don't want a system that says download only. I like Does that. Does that mean that, that this next Sony system will be a shoe-in to the Steve collection? It just might be, Russ. It just might be. Mm. But then again, it might not be because I don't have hardly any titles. So, um... <laughs> we'll see what happens. Ah, yeah. Now, another thing that I thought was interesting was that they were talking about how the console will support 8K displays. Yes, we got to talk about that. Go right ahead, Steve. Well, Russ, what they're basically doing is future-proofing the system. Because there is there is 8K TVs out there, but they're like crazy money. They're like 20 grand or more. And you're, they're hard to come by. They're like all special order. But they're available. You can get them. Nothing is available on an 8K. Right. Hardly anybody is even buying 4K. They're going, they're, they are buying 4K, but people are still buying regular DVDs with their DVD players and their Blu-ray players. So not a whole lot of people even have 4K. So to make anything with 8K at this point is, um, is mute. But what they're saying basically is, okay, so the, the system's going to be out for the next four years. Will 8K TVs be available in the next four years? Maybe. Maybe in the next five, maybe the next six, maybe in the next seven, will they become more prevalent? That's possible. But they're saying, okay, well, the technology is going to be there so that when these TVs do come out in the next you know, half decade or three quarters of a decade, then we're, they're already on top of it and they can perform maybe a little bit better. Uh, the thing is that um, most of the games are going to be 4K because that's where the standard is or like we're just right there right now. And... If it can do 8K, what can it do with 4K? If it, if it can it do 4K at 120 frames a second, like native 4K, that's going to be awesome. You know, you bring up something that caused my noodle to all of a sudden start to think about games versus like TVs and movie <laughs> entertainment. Yeah, right. Because <clears throat> you're right. Because like a lot of the the stuff that we have now, a lot of the content that we consume, I would say just within the last like year or two, we've been having more 4K content be supported. Right. And even having said that, there are a considerable number of people who have not made the transition yet from like a 1080p TV to a 4K TV. What is interesting though is is the idea that when you have a new technology like 8K coming out, there's always that initial knee-jerk response of, well, there's no content to support that. So, how, like, there's there's no point in me owning that. I wonder if gaming is the wild card when it comes to this sort of thing. Because gaming is uniquely different and uniquely poised compared to television or movies in that it really doesn't have a dependency like television does or movies do in the sense of like, you know, when when a a program is recorded, it's recorded at a certain resolution. And, you know, if you try to 
watching in like a, a higher signal or whatever, then you're going to basically up-res everything. It's not going to be a true experience. But the difference with the, between that versus a game is, is that if the developers actually make the option available to, you know, if you want to play the game in 8K, then you can do so so long as your hardware can, can support it. I think that that will actually help to usher in more people coming in and buying TVs that are 8K ready, just simply because that is a considerable amount of content. I would say the only thing would just be that the developers would need to make sure that they're unified in offering that option. But I mean, that that definitely changes up the tune because that was the big thing with 4K. Like when 4K first came out, people liked the idea of having an even crispier, sharper image, but because there wasn't any content for it, people were just like, well, I guess I'll just hold off for a couple of years here until there's some stuff that I'm interested in that, that will support it. Cause I mean, why should I plunk down eight grand at the time, you know, and so, well, it's not just that. I mean, it's, it's eight grand for the TV plus another two to three to four to 500 bucks for a 4k player. Plus all your movies that you want to watch in true. 4k, because even though your movie is DVD or Blu-ray, that doesn't mean it's going to look 4k when you put it in the 4k player. Somebody was telling me too, that, apparently the human eye really can't tell a difference when you go beyond 8K. Have you heard anything about that? Well, yes and no. So it depends on the size of the, the overall picture. Uh-huh. So like right now at a 65-inch TV, you're not going to notice a whole lot of difference between 4K and 8K. Now, if you take a 4K projector and you put it against your wall and then you compare that with an 8K projector with the same size wall, then yes, you will notice a difference because you're stretching out that image. Right. So and it's the same thing like back in the day when we had like, you know, three megapixel cameras and you blew it up to an 8x10. Well, you could see like the blurriness of the lines kind of got pixelated, whatever, whatnot. But if you showed an 8x10 that was a 20 megapixel, picture, then it would look very, very crisp Mm -hmm. because it was made more for that size image. It's going to be the same thing with with the TVs. Even with cell phones, I mean, the reason why Apple didn't do make the jump into 4K screens like Samsung did was because you're looking on a smaller screen. Yes, it was very crisp and yes, it was very colorful, but you almost didn't notice a night and day difference between a 1080p resolution and a 4k resolution. So, but the expense was definitely there to make it a 4k display. Mm-hmm. Anyhow. Um, so I mean, that, that's kind of the deal. Everyone's going to have to really upgrade and they're going to have to justify, okay, it's the same size screen. Is it a night and day difference between, you know, the resolution that I could see with my own eye versus justifying spending an entire upgrade for my, you know, entertainment electronics or is it not? Mm-hmm. But I'm, I imagine Sony's going to have ways in, in their games to say, okay, do you want to play it in 8K? Do you want to play it in 4K? Or maybe they'll have some uh, sort of adjustment where you can uh, add more textures or less textures, more frame rate, less frame rates. So you kind of figure out how you want to play your game. That'd be kind of cool. Well, and I think that, that as we have the next generation of consoles come out, they're going to just, they're going to mirror a lot of what PC gamers have enjoyed for years, which is exactly what you're describing. I think that they're going to have those options in place so that you can pick and choose and say, well, I prefer to have a higher frame rate. So therefore, you know, I can make these adjustments and then suddenly I'm, pl- I'm playing a game at uh, 60 frames per second as opposed to 30 frames per second, or let's say uh, 90 frames per second as opposed to 60 frames per second. 
And of course, the Xbox One X, to a limited extent, offers those types of options too, which is, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to go back and forth and see what you prefer to have. And I remember I did that with Warcraft 3 when I was playing it on my limited laptop. And I went, ooh, I'm going to set the textures on max <laughs> and see what happens. That thing was like one frame every two seconds. <laughs> like, this looks great. What's happening? <laughs> And then I took all the textures all the way down, took everything off, and it ran smooth as butter. <laughs> it looked terrible, but it, looked, it was really smooth. So another thing that they were talking about was that um, in addition to having digital downloads and being able to stream games, it will also still accept physical media. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm really surprised about that just because... Well, I'm surprised, but I'm not. I'm surprised about it because with this new console wars that's starting up, there really seems to be a conscious drive to go away from physical media and instead have more of a streaming service because, you know, we've, we've been, uh, we're looking at, at the, the, new, the new Google Stadia system that is apparently going to be streaming only. Also, Xbox has their xCloud project that I think they're probably going to be revealing at this year's E3. I'm not sure what they have planned in terms of like whether or not they're still going to support physical media, but there is definitely just this, I don't know, overarching shift um, to go away from that. But at the same time, I'm not surprised because Sony as a company has always been really mindful of the gaming audience. Like they, on the one hand, it's like, yeah, they, they did, they do push their hardware at times to like make sure it, it looks really nice. I mean, I think that was one of the big things about, um, the current cycle was that the PS4 actually surprised everybody because technically speaking, the PS4 was superior to the Xbox One. And that was something that Microsoft had enjoyed for two console generations. It wasn't until this this most, most recent one where all of a sudden they were kind of on their heels going, whoa. Um, and at the same time, they they still had that, the whole concept of like, Hey, if you want to play a game, you can take your game over to your friend's house. And you know, they honored that, that tried and true tradition that gamers love to do and have come to expect. And Microsoft really got into hot water when they tried to do away with that. And they tried to fix it and patch it and stuff. And for the most part they did, but it's, it's still not as like cut and dry as like what Sony did for their system. And I think this is kind of an, another example of that with how it will still accept physical media. The final thing that um, I thought was interesting was this whole new approach to what they call 3D audio. Have you heard about this? Yeah, it's kind of like a multi-level. So basically like you'll have your high level which is kind of like your your higher notes like cymbals uh some lighter crashes jets flying by bullets whizzing that sort of thing and then you you'll have uh more level sound which are like people talking to you and then you'll have your deeper noise which is going to be towards the ground rumblings that sort of thing but it's going to be like multi-level in a sense Okay. Yeah, I, I look forward to checking that out because audio is something that every time it, there's some sort of evolutionary step, it just really brings that much more of an immersive experience whenever you're watching something or playing something. The thing is, is that you, you're going to have to have somewhat of a better audio system, not necessarily a 5.1 or whatever, but I mean, if you're just listening, watching, you're playing your games with your TV speakers and you have 3D sound with, with speakers the size of nickels, then <laughs> you'll you probably notice something different. Like, what's the speakers doing? It's doing something I'm not used to. Uh-huh. And, and, but if you have 
like some external speakers from your TV set, you're really going to notice a difference. It's all phasing. It's all kind of imaging the sound in a, in a way. They're trying to, for example, sound is is uh, can bounce off the walls in a certain sense. So if they can somewhat direct the noise so it bounces off the wall and reflects back at you at a certain level, hopefully, then it can kind of take the place of having a full entire surround system. Okay. That's kind of the expectation. It is kind of a love hate relationship that um, people have on where like we're, we're, we are always wanting like the latest, greatest bleeding edge, cool technology with both for visual and audio. But at the same time, it's, it sucks because you have to go through the whole painful process of upgrading all your stuff. And of course your wallet feels rather, nauseated so it'll be interesting to see what price point the new system is going to be at because uh, depending on the hard drive space and with all the 8k technology uh, i mean for example the xbox one x even though it was basically an upgrade to the existing system but being a whole new system was an additional 500 bucks yeah so this you know if it comes out next year the year after or whatever um, is it going to be 500 bucks or is it going to be like six or 700 bucks? So in the article, they were talking about how the price is going to be what people have been paying recently and, and have come to expect. He didn't actually say this is how much it's going to cost. But what I actually, I'm glad you brought that up just because that was another thing that Sony had a leg up on with regards to Microsoft with this current round of console wars was that, they intentionally came out with a lower price point for the PS4 as opposed to the Xbox. Microsoft really shot themselves in the foot because I think the Xbox One was like $500 when it came out. Right. Versus the PS4, which I think the PS4 was $400, if I'm not mistaken. So, I don't know. I, I think that it's going to be interesting to see when those prices come out. I think that, that this particular article is nice and that he's dropping little things here and there. Nothing that's like a, a bombshell or anything of a, like, Oh, it could do this, you know, because <laughs> a lot of what they're planning on is kind of par for the course at this point in time. So, um, now the system itself will definitely not be released in 2019. Right. There is a lot of speculation out there that it could potentially be released in 2020, but even that's not confirmed. I mean, it, maybe it's 2021, um, 2020 though, seems to be like a, I mean, it's just the way the year sounds. I think that there's probably going to be at least an effort made to try and get that stuff out. Um, I, of course, Microsoft's probably doing the exact same thing. What you can expect though, is once they release the system, Russ, they've done this every year with every system is that they'll say, okay, here's a, you know, it's, it's the date. Here you go. It's, here's the systems available. Buy it. And then they'll drop like 10 systems here and then, you know, maybe three systems Of course. Here. And then so they, they make everybody salivating for the system. And freak out. And freak out. Oh, do you guys have any? No. You guys have any now? No. You guys have any now? No. <laughs> and then towards- No, no, no. No, 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 no. And then from then on until like Christmas, literally, then every entire outlet's going to be flooded with them because, you know, they all the buyers know that, that they're available and they can sell a ton. Yeah. Did you have any final thoughts about this, Steve? No, Russ. This E3 is going to be interesting. 
This E3 is going to be interesting primarily because most of the big players will be absent from E3. Mm -hmm. And I don't have a, a list in front of me, but I think Sony's not going. I've, I've heard a rumor that Sony was not going to be there. And then I don't think EA is going to be there. Well, that's because everybody hates him right now. <laughs> um, Nintendo's not going to be there. Um, Microsoft just might steal a show. Hey, anybody else? Here? Well, uh, and see, Phil Spencer came out recently to say that they, I mean, they're going to be at E3 and they apparently have a ton of games that they are ready to show off that are first party. So, yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I disapprove of that. I really do like the idea of having a single place that all companies and developers can come to and just share what they've been working on. There's something really cool about that. And having each one of these studios splinter off and, you know, to say, oh, we're going to have our own show at some time during the year. I mean, it's like, guys, it's, it's awfully selfish to do that. Like, I understand you want the limelight and you want to be able to, like, have the press just fawn over you and not worry about competition and stuff. And you can still do that if you want to, if you want to have your own show. But, I mean... I don't know. I think the E3 thing should be honored just because it is a cool opportunity to have everybody together in one place. Maybe they, maybe they just couldn't find someone to choreograph who should do what at one time and uh, <laughs> enough demos that'll actually work. And <laughs> well, <laughs> ah, screw it. We're not going to go. <laughs> well, and you could, you could tell from like last year's E3. Remember all that jockeying for position and how like they started the on the weekends instead of like on the week, you know, typically E3 would start on a Monday, go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday, Friday would be people just kind of hanging out. And then like people starting, well, I'm going to do mine on Saturday. Well, I'll do mine on Sunday. You know, like it was just like this, I don't know, like I said, jockeying for position and stuff. But anyway, for me, my concluding thoughts about it is that uh, as always, I'm always looking forward to seeing what the new systems look like. Um, if there have been any kind of major changes to the controllers, obviously the games are the most important. Um, and so it's going to be fun and it's right around the corner. I mean, like I said, April's almost over with, we're going to be into May and I believe E3 is in June, isn't it? Isn't it like June 11th or something? I don't know the exact no, date, but I'm pretty sure it's in June. And of course, I'm looking forward to what Microsoft has to say and what they're going to be showing, because you know they're also reading this exact same article and right. planning their own type of uh, hype machine. I might just have to wait on buying an Xbox One X, Ross, if they're going to come out next year with a brand new system. Why am I going to be? Why am I going to be plopping down 500 smackers? It's very true, especially if it's backwards compatible as well. Exactly. That wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Make sure you tune in next week. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm and consider becoming a monthly contributor. You'll get exclusive perks and early access to the show, not to mention it really helps us continue doing what we love to do. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. In addition to iTunes and Android, you can listen to our podcast on TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Spotify, and SoundCloud.com slash joygasm tv last but not least search joygasm tv on twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every wednesday night at 9 30 p.m central time happy easter everyone later <laughs>